getting your kids to think about gift giving and the budgeting process is really a developmental thing that you do with your children. Well, it makes them selfless. Yeah. Right? It's they're mm-hmm. thinking about others. You're serving others. You're giving to others. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Lost Art of Parenting. I am Dr. Douglas Speak, and I am here interviewing and working with the incredible Kim Cross, our parenting coach. Say hello, Kim. Hello, everybody. Great to be here. It's good to be with all of you, and this is a very special Christmas podcast. What are we going to talk about today? Some survival tips of how to better get through Christmas for your kids. Survival tips for your kids. The goal of our podcast is to help you uh, be educated. We want to help you be encouraged, and we want to entertain you a little bit. So you have a little story to kick us off with, I'm sure. Yes, I do. Okay, let's go. We'll start with a little entertainment. So a woman walks into her doctor's office and complains to her doctor. Oh, my. She's having trouble. Oh, my goodness. She has lack of energy. She can't sleep. She can't concentrate. She has anxiety. She's overwhelmed. She feels inadequate. Mm -hmm. She can't get anything done. So her doctor listens and says, well, Mrs. Smith, I have your diagnosis. Mm. I'm afraid you have what's called children. (laughs) (laughs) Feelings of anxiety. Do you feel being overwhelmed, inadequacy, frustrated that you can't get everything done in a day? Then you must have children. You are officially a parent. (laughs) Yes. So parenting can be so stressful. And then during Christmas season, we always want to have just the perfect memories, the perfect experiences, and attempting to get your little ones to go along with the plan can be quite stressful. Yes, you can multiply your normal stress levels by like a hundred. Oh my, oh my goodness. So <laughs> now we want to talk about what are some tips and things that we can do to encourage you during this season, particularly as you want to plan a really great Christmas experience for your children so that they have lifetime memories. Absolutely. And to manage the holidays instead of them managing you. Oh, that's a great way to put it. So that you can develop wonderful traditions and memories and everybody's happy before, during and after. (laughs) Before, during and after. Yes. You want it to be a great time. Now, I think one of the first questions we have to do is talk about how do we manage those expectations and, and how do we do that? So what, what's your encouragement to parents right off the bat in managing expectations? Well, I like to say often that um, disappointment lives in the gap between expectations and reality. Okay. So if you have these huge expectations and fantasies of it being a perfect Christmas and everybody gets everything they want and everything goes smoothly Mm -hmm. and you have no bumps in the road, you are going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. If it's a Hollywood Christmas, you'll be disappointed. Oh, and then you have all the the social media stuff that makes it look like, you know, Martha Stewart and everything's perfect and and everything's wonderful and homemade and it just overwhelms parents particularly yes. moms who are working and yes it becomes a little crazy so i like to ask people first of all um how, we're going to manage your expectations and what are those expectations and we'll talk specifically about that and then what are your values because mm. your values are going to drive what's important to you and then yes. the actions that follow yes 
Very good upstream idea, and that is always ask yourself, what do you value? Because your values are the things that are going to shape your expectations. And so values need to be rooted in truth and conviction. Uh, they can't be rooted in idealism or fantasy. Or other people's values <laughs> or, that you try yeah. to assume. Or right? other, yeah, other people's fantasies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of the things I like to ask parents is this. Do you or your children remember what you got for Christmas last year? Yeah, and oftentimes people can't remember. They say, I have, I can't remember. I yes, don't know. I don't know. So what was the value in all that? Yes. And then what did you remember? Did you remember stressful things? Was it chaotic? Was it, um, mm-hmm. you know, was it wonderful? Was it relaxing? What was it? Yeah, and oftentimes it's the fact that we were together, that we focused on Christ, you know, and he was the center of what brought us together as a family and you remember the warmth of the season. You do. And maybe special traditions that you look forward to every year and those mm-hmm. build on each other and yes. it's anticipation of those or maybe a special meal or whatever it is. Everybody's oh, different. and I'll tell you what, we have a rosemary prime rib roast that we roast in the oven. Oh, that is a tradition I really like. Is that on Christmas Day? Christmas Day. What time should I be there? <laughs> there you go. I'll let you know. Okay. So we're going to talk about managing all these expectations. expectations. And one of the things is uh, let's manage money and gift expectations right up front. Okay. Now, how do we do that? So look at your budget. Uh, what is the budget? Stick to the budget. How many gifts are your kids going to get? And are they age appropriate? Mm-hmm. What is the true meaning of Christmas? We'll come back to that one. Is it Christ-centered or self-centered? Mm-hmm. And one of the other factors that a lot of people forget about is grandparents. Mm. I've had a lot of clients who say, yeah, we didn't want to give our kids a cell phone until a certain age, but the grandparents gave them without telling us. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I have a story to tell about. It's kind of funny. Um, When when we were young and and our oldest was just born, we were in Kansas and uh, we had some good friends. He was a doctor and he just started practicing. He was a general practitioner. But his dad was very, very wealthy and very successful. And so uh, we were talking about, well, what are you going to get your kids for Christmas? And he goes, well, the hard part is, is, you know, I buy my kid a Hot Wheel. My, my dad will buy him the entire collection. Right. You know, 400 Hot Wheels. And he goes, so we've had to have that conversation <laughs> with the grandparents say, okay, stop. Yep. Just stop. Yeah, you can't buy their love, and no. we don't really want you overwhelming them with, with that many wants that, that are so through the roof. What are you setting up for next year's expectations? Yeah. And he, he made a great point. He says, well, if my dad would have just spent half of that amount of money on me, it would have been better. <laughs> he goes, what's up with that? Why does it skip a generation? You know, and I go. What about me? Yeah, I go, when you have grandkids, you know, you you just, man, you lose your mind. You Because you're like, man, I finally have an excuse. To, I've done well, and I'm going to spend it all on them. I'm going to spoil. Yes. And the parents are sitting back going, no, no, please don't do that. So if you have grandparents that are like this, you're going to have to have a conversation with them and set some limits. How would you do that? So I would, you know, very carefully navigate the waters and just say, look, here are our values mm-hmm. and here are our expectations for what we're going to do. And personally, what we did is we told our kids up front when they were really little a, a quote, a quote, truth. Santa brings you three gifts. Yeah. Okay. That's what we told him. Santa, so they believe that their whole life. Their whole life. Santa's a, <laughs> he's a little Trinitarian. He brings you three. That's all you get. 
And so that helped manage a lot of expectation on, mm -hmm. on everybody's part. Because we knew we were going to get our kids a few things, yeah. grandparents and aunts and uncles and all, all, the, all the family members. Mm -hmm. But that helped bring that number down within reason. Yes. And then we talked to our, parent, our grandparents, our parents, right, and said, all right, so what are you thinking of giving the kids? Yeah. Because we don't want this to be, you know, a huge bonanza to where we set this up for, you know, disappointment the following year. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. And then age appropriate gifts. Yes. And then we'd have that conversation, whatever yeah. that looked like. Yeah. And my, my, you know, my wife's parents were just so awesome about that because they were always just like, well, whatever we give one grandkid, we have to give all the grandkids. Correct. So, so they, they entered into it to be very fair and very equitable. And so, so the first thing to do is have a conversation with your grandparents. And if it's, if you're the wife and you're talking to your parents, that's a different question or a different situation if you're the wife talking to your in-laws. Correct. But we must have courage. <laughs> and we must be a united front. <laughs> and be a united front. So you can do it. You know, it may seem odd or difficult, but you can do it. You can communicate basic expectations. And as Kim said, always lead with your values. That's right. You know, and you can say, you know, social media is a really big problem for kids and the primary way in which children access it is through cell phones. And so we don't want the kids to have cell phones until they're at this age. Or you know? iPads or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, those types yeah. of things. And if you have, you know, parents, aka grandparents that have the money to spoil your kids, have them start a college account. Yeah. They can give a lot, but it's not it's long-term. It's not a, a tangible thing that kids have in their hands. I mm -hmm. think that's a really good way to manage that. So what if just in that case, you know, cause let's say maybe you're a single mom and you're listening to this and your kids, uh, uh, have grandparents on the dad's side that don't want to honor any of your values. How would you navigate that? Oh, that's a tricky one. That's first of all, a, a husband, wife, conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're a single mom, oh, right. Yeah. And then and if you're, you're a single mom. Yeah. That really complicates it. It does. And I, I know that there's room for grace there. I know that sometimes grandparents say, well, we don't care. We're going to do this anyways. Correct. So depending on if you're going to open gifts in person or, you know, uh, virtual there, that could change factors, mm -hmm. but you can explain to your kids that this is not the norm necessarily and mm -hmm. how blessed they are. And maybe there's a way to share some of that. Yeah. S depending on the age of the kids, little kids aren't going to want to do that. But there's also a way where you can talk to the grandparents and say, hey, their birthday is shortly after this. Can we split this up a bit? Yeah. Okay. Right? So kind of offer options. Well, let's say you're a blended family, right? Uh, you have two people that had uh, been through divorces and they had kids and then they get married and they have a blended family, you know, so... Uh, their kids are sometimes over maybe at dad's house and then they come over and they spend time at mom's house. They celebrate Christmas depending upon the, the uh, custody agreement or whatever. Um, how would you navigate that in, uh, obviously there has to be some type of communication of course, but any tips on how to navigate a blended family situation? Right. Well, I grew up in a blended family, so mm -hmm. we did Christmas Eve at one house and Christmas at the other. Okay. 
And what I learned as a kid was you don't talk much about what happened at one house versus another because mm-hmm. it can set up expectations, disappointments, competition, big yeah. you know differences and who got what, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the focus shouldn't be on the stuff. Okay. Again, it should be on the time together, the the fellowship together, right? That it gets really dicey and you can't control the other household, nor yeah. should you. And so it always goes back to values. If you know your values and you reemphasize your values, then that's really the best way to navigate all of these different situations and circumstances in your life. Yeah. The more you know your values, the more you can articulate your values to yourself and to your kids so and you then can to say, your kids yeah we don't we don't do that in this house that's fine over there that's their decision but this is how we do it here yeah and that's okay yeah and, and i think that's helpful so managing expectations is really massive what do we do about setting a budget you know you said your kids you basically said santa only brings three gifts right and uh what how should parents budget you know and do you involve your kids in the budgeting process Well, there's several ways. You can set up a little Christmas account and put into it throughout the year. You can just decide, hey, we're going to spend X amount on this month Mm -hmm. of December, Mm -hmm. and that's all we're going to do, and then make a list and sit down and go, who's getting what and how much are we spending per person or per child, right? So that's a personal decision and based on your financial situation. But sticking to that budget sometimes is really hard for people because they see some last-minute thing, oh, right? Yeah. Melt your heart and got to get it. Uh huh. Or the thing that everybody wants and everybody's fighting to get, that's when you probably know it's a red flag back away. Yeah. (laughs) Put down your debit card and back away slowly. One of the things we did every early December Mm -hmm. before Christmas or over Thanksgiving break was to clean out our kids' closets and find out what they needed versus what they wanted. Yeah. That helped the budget as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And then it also helps grandparents. So, well, here's what they need. They need long pants. They need a jacket. They need, you know, snow gloves, Mm -hmm. boots, whatever. So we first are going to, you know, purchase things toward needs. And then we're also going to give them wants because it's Christmas. It's fun. Yes. But that helps grandparents understand your values as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, I think in the budgeting process, you brought this up and that is, you know, at some point ahead of time, it's important to prepare your children that you need to be a good gift giver. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there was a time in our family where, uh, our kids were probably, I don't know, between probably 12 and 14 or 15. And so one Christmas, you know, I got a Starbucks coffee card, you know, gift, gift card. And I don't really drink Starbucks, you know, <laughs> I don't go to coffee shops, you know, I, I mean, I, I do to meet people now and then, but you know, it's I get not water. your jam. <laughs> that is not my jam. So then the next year I got a Starbucks gift, gift card. card. <laughs> and so and so then I got something similar to that on my birthday. And so I, I said, you know, this is between kind of 12 and 14. And I said to the kids, I go, okay, you guys need to up your game on the gift giving. Because I'm giving your Starbucks cards to other people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm re-gifting your Starbucks cards. <laughs> and at first they were like kind of, what? No way. That's not, dad, you're not. Then I go, no, you need to do a better job. Get to know me. Yeah, you, you need to do a better job. And so, and ever since then, you know, my kids, they really go, they go overboard in trying to figure out what is, what is, they've become really good gift givers 
because it's meaningful. It's meaningful. And they think about it. They just don't, oh, just get that and get it something you got to get. So I think what you're, the budgeting process is really important because it gives you opportunity to instill within your children the whole notion of why you give a gift, that it's thoughtful, that it's personal. personal. And you're going to buy your grandparents some gifts. So when they're little, the more things they make, the better. That's right. Because that's what grandparents and parents love, you know, when kids make stuff, you know, my, my daughter would write me songs, you know, and I still remember those. Those are some of the neatest things that I have. And, and my youngest son would write me a poem or something, oh, you the know, letters are the best. I know. And I keep, I keep all that stuff, you know, I can't remember, you know, what they gave me except for the Starbucks cards, but I <laughs> certainly remember all of those things that they wrote. The and kind that they words. Said. Yeah. And, yeah. And so those things, I keep all of those things, you know, so those are uh, much more meaningful. They're meaningful. So getting your kids to think about gift giving and the budgeting process is really a developmental thing that you do with your children. Well, it makes them selfless. Yeah. Right? It's mm-hmm. They're thinking about others. You're serving others. You're giving to others. Yeah. It's not self-centered. It's not self-centered. Yeah. So now the other thing too is whenever you're at the holiday season, there's always lots of travel. Oh my goodness. And parties and grandparents and other people's houses and lots going on. So what are some things about that? Managing all of these travel appointments and things and here's and there's and everywhere's. So I used to do what's called mind rehearsals with my kids. Mm -hmm. And this is at Christmas time, but it's also anytime they changed grades or had some big change in their life or big Mm -hmm. event or different thing or place or going to be involved with. So we'd talk about what do you think is going to happen? What do you anticipate might be difficult? What do you expect that's going to be really fun? Mm -hmm. And then let's walk through that. Mm -hmm. So it was managing expectations in their mind and also setting expectations for behaviors, Mm. for transition times. What Mm -hmm. happens if you're scared, if you're overwhelmed, if you're tired, if you're hungry, those kinds of things. So it got them involved in what we're going to do, this is what it's Mm going to look like, not exactly, but look like. Sure. And then here's some things that may be of concern. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about preparing for that. Mm. So I'd always have books and puzzles and snacks and things, right? Yeah. Set to go. Because sometimes you plan to go for a party for an hour and it's three hours later. Yeah, three hours Your kids are like, ugh, right? They're not doing good. (laughs) And we had a code word that was a special secret code word that my kids could tell me that meant SOS. Yeah. Like one of the neighbor's kids that were at this event with just hit me or I'm overwhelmed or I'm tired or I don't feel good or whatever yeah. it was yeah. so that we could politely take care of that without embarrassing anybody. Anybody. Yeah. So there were some code words that they knew they'd get your undivided attention and we would take care of it. Right. Yeah. Take care of it right yes. there. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, the other thing too, like you were saying, you know, you'd spend Christmas Eve at one house, Christmas the next day, and all of these transitions are happening. What is the importance of routine or a family tradition, like having breakfast at a certain time or doing something like that? How does that help the, the stress that all of these changes and transitions create in young children's lives? Well, it creates predictability which is part of security, Mm -hmm. right? And then you look forward to it. And this is how we do it at this house. But at this house, we do this and it's all cool and fun. Um, But it really gives memories to kids. So Mm -hmm. I remember, um, I mean, my kids didn't transition back and forth, just to be clear. I did when I was young. But my kids growing up in a, you know, uh, one, a single um, 
one under one roof with mom and dad. So they had that beautiful transition and that continuity mm-hmm. there with both mm-hmm. parents. But when they turned 18, I asked them a very important question one time. I said, before you launch to college, I have a question. What did you enjoy most or remember most about your entire childhood? Mm-hmm. And both their answers were the holidays. Mm. And I said, why? And they said, because we always did the same thing. We looked forward to it. It was fun. And we always had a lot of people and fun at our house. Yeah. That's how much trans- or traditions are important to children. Yes. Because I bet you can remember some of those. Yeah. You can remember some of those. Yeah. Like, and you know, one of our traditions obviously is a primary roast, which is the bomb. (laughs) But, uh, you know, for breakfast, I always make cinnamon rolls, you know? Mm -hmm. So the night before we put out the cinnamon rolls and they're ready to go. So on Christmas morn, you can, you know, we like to bake them cinnamon rolls. And since all the donut shops are closed, I had to have a substitute. You had a corner on the market. I had to corner the market with cinnamon rolls. And it was special. You know, yeah. I, I'm Norwegian, so we used to make lefse. We never did that other yeah. than Christmas time. Lefse. I have no idea what lefse is. Oh, it's the bomb. It is. Okay. But there's certain, and then you may have certain recipes that are passed down from people that are no longer with us, grandparents or something that makes it special. But that continuity is so huge. It it creates that thread through somebody's life Mm -hmm. that is always something they look forward to and they always loved. Yeah. And so what about, so that that's common traditions and things like that, but what about a schedule on a Sunday morning for kids? You know, like, uh, uh, when the kids are really young, you know, it's like you have to stay in bed until, you know, please it's, sleep past it's 4 yeah, please sleep past 4am, <laughs> you know, they're screaming, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. And you're like, oh my goodness. And then of course, when they get older, you know, it's like, get out of bed before lunchtime, <laughs> before lunchtime. <laughs> and let's do some Christmas here. But, uh, how, what about that schedule in the morning? Is there a, do you just kind of let it go free for all? Do you try to do things in a certain order? Does that help or does it hurt? How how would you address that? I think there's a balance. So I started with the night before. So we always had a tradition of of readings from the Bible or Mm -hmm. Twas the Night Before Christmas, you know, all those fun Christmas stories and movies Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And then we kept them up as late as we could when they were little so that they would Would sleep sleep a little bit later. Oh, (laughs) little method to your strategy there. You're a thinker. And then we said, you know, within reason. So we said not before this time. So we'd kind of give them a little cushion. It's sort of a balance yeah, act, right? Yeah. So, you know, please sleep in after six. And then after that, we're okay. Kind yeah. of thing, right? Okay, yeah. um, and then you, if you come downstairs, you need to knock on our door before you go under that tree. There's yeah. no opening gifts without us. Yeah, right? no opening. Don't touch the gifts. So we would have everything ready because, of course, we'd set our alarm for 530 because we knew, you know, six was mm-hmm. the latest. Mm-hmm. And then they would open gifts under the tree. And I'll tell you how we did it is we started with the youngest mm-hmm. and it was one at a time. Yeah. I know some people just go in there and just tear everything apart, yeah. but I was a big thank you note mom. Yeah. So we wanted to know what everybody got and we would record what they got and who gave it to them so we yeah. could, they could write thank you notes, yeah. which now, they didn't like. Wh- what you just <laughs> said there, I don't want our listeners to miss. And this is one of the most important things. And that is that the number one emotional quality for living a joyful life is gratitude. That's right. Gratitude. If you, if you're a gracious person, you have a mental and emotional muscle that helps overcome anxiety, depression, all of these types of things. Or entitlement. Or entitlement. And it's all about gratitude. Mm -hmm. 
And how do you develop gratitude? You start early by being a thank you note mom or dad. That's right. And we required it. And I basically said to my kids, no thank you notes, no gifts from that person next year. And they thought I was kidding, (laughs) but I wasn't. But you weren't. Yeah, Yeah, I bet they learned that lesson real quick. They did. And we had a a little transition. So when they were really little, they could dictate it to me and I'd write it and they'd sign it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they'd draw a picture, right? Mm -hmm. Or trace the words, thank you, and put their little stamp of their name, right? Mm -hmm. Then later they'd write out the notes, right? They hated it, but they did it and it was required. Yes. And I had a timeline within two weeks, you're going to get all these thank you notes done. If you write one or two a day, you can do this, right? It's not that hard. Yes. Well, then technology came in. So they thought, well, that could just, you know, email it. Yeah, I'll cut and paste. (laughs) Cut and paste. Thank you for the wonderful gift. Yes. It really blessed my life. Yes, but at least they did it, right? But what I found is that as they got older, they still do it Yes, because it became part of their DNA and they, they just learned it. And that's how yeah. we, we have to set that up early and often. Yeah. And it's these, let's go back to the values again. What are your values? You understand what your values are. And one of the values of every parent is I want my kid to grow up strong. Mm-hmm. I want them to have a strength of character. I want them to have a strong mental attitude. Conviction. I want to have convictions. Well, where do you develop all this? Well, you develop it in the seasonal holidays when the, in the way that you do things, in the way that you give, the way that you receive, the way you express gratitude, the traditions that you have. And in line with that, we would always, when we clean their closets out around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm whatever they didn't wear anymore, didn't fit, whatever we, they came with me. We donated those things. Yeah. So you give them away. Right. And they were with me when we did that. And then we also went to buy a gift for a child in need. So that was a part of their life prior to Christmas. We were giving before we were receiving. Receiving, Yeah. Which is really good. So, well, that's really, you know, finally, you know, parents have to buy their kids gifts, right? Right. They have to buy them gifts. And how do, you, how do you determine, you mentioned it a little bit earlier in the conversation about grandparents, you know, sitting down explaining them, well, this is what we need, and then once or second. So let's talk about needs versus wants a little bit more. Like you just said, one thing you do is you clean out the closet. Right. So that's good. So And with that event, because uh, event, it was an event. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. Uh, each child would then, I would write down as they were trying things on and realizing this doesn't fit or I need this or whatever, we would write a needs list. Mm. So they need a jacket, they need pants, whatever it was, right? And then we would shop for maybe something immediate like a coat Mm because they couldn't wait till, you know, after Christmas, it was getting cold. But the rest I would give out to grandparents, say, here's what they need. Yeah. Here's the sizes, whatever. And then they would create a Santa list or okay. a list of wants for mom and dad, depending yeah. on their ages. And I would also give that to the grandparents. And what I used to do is to say to the grandparents, you pick first. Okay. That was kind of honoring to grandparents. Yes. And then they could decide how many needs or how many wants they wanted to fulfill. And then we agreed on that. And then we would take the rest. Mm-hmm. And Santa always brought some fun things. Yeah. But not necessarily the big things, but some fun things. Some fun things. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great idea. So, you know, when you know, helping kids process, I, I this doesn't fit anymore. I have new needs. Take care of the needs first. So we got some wants to... That really helps them evaluate, analyze, and develop 
the mental skills to determine what really has value or doesn't have value. And how to spend your money. How to spend your money. Yeah. yeah those what are if you really spend good. on all toys and all wants and your kids have a bunch of needs at the beginning of yeah. the year? And they're freezing. And you've blown your bus. budget. <laughs> yeah, there's no code to get them to school. Yeah, so that is good. And, you know, of course, the thank you notes are so important. So well, we've got a few more minutes, and we'd just like to share some um, kind of uh, fun ideas that might you might think about to make your Christmas season one of the most enjoyable. Why don't you go first? Okay, so some fun tradition ideas. So we would always read the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. There we go. Um, we have our kids perform a little skit or magic show or something for the relatives after Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas oh, wow. dinner. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're kind of sitting around all full, right, enjoying the moment. And the kids would run in the other room and they'd come up with a little skit or they'd come down and play musical instruments or sing yeah. or do a little magic show. It was priceless and they're all yeah. on video and I'll never forget them. It was, <laughs> it was great. That's and a great it idea. teaches your kids to get up and be, a, a, you know, public speakers at a very young mm. age. So they, mm -hmm. they were comfortable with that. Yes. Um, we had our kids cr sing Christmas carols in the neighborhood. We always had them make uh, their own ornaments and help decorate the tree. Um, we made gifts for grandparents and siblings. And a big one for us was to write a letter. Mm. What you most loved about that family member and everybody exchanged a letter with somebody. Oh, wow. What a great idea. Very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, we volunteered at the church or a food bank, um, made Christmas cookies. We had a very special meal on Christmas Eve. It was always seafood for us. And then a special certain breakfast we did um, for Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. But again, those traditions are things that kids look forward to year after year after year. And if you don't do them, they'll remind you. Yeah. They're special to them, aren't they? Uh, yes. Oh, we got to do that. Oh, yes, we will. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my way when I forget something. They'll say, hey, Dad, are we going to do? Yes, we are. And then you look at your wife and go, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, yeah, I got to make sure we don't forget that one. Yes, that's true. And then last but not least, I, I, didn't, I never did it, but I just heard this recently of a friend who would put wrapping paper and cover up the bedroom doors of the kids. Oh, yeah. And say, you can't bust through here until a certain time. Yeah, there you go. Right? Oh, and yeah. she put puzzles and snacks and things in the room to keep them occupied for a good yeah. half hour. I thought that was cute. Yeah, so, so if they get up at 4 a.m., they have something to do <laughs> before the alarm goes off. Yeah, we do, we do a lot of fun. You know, there's always a special show. So we always read the Christmas story as well. We do that. We always uh, have food, the same food, which is really good. We watch Elf. Yes. Yeah, we always watch Will Ferrell's Elf. Um, that's kind of Christmas tradition. I love this music and the songs. Um, oh, it's you know, wonderful. My mom was a music teacher, a music uh, worship leader in the church, and she was always singing. And and uh, uh, so I remember all the music mm -hmm. uh, growing up. So I sing all the songs and, and enjoy that. The Christmas music is a lot of fun. We listen to that relentlessly. It starts uh, on... Day after Thanksgiving. At 12.01, <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> is when the Christmas Eve music starts, you know. We always go up with the family and cut down a Christmas tree. We've always done that. We always have a live tree, and we go up there and cut it down. These these things that you plan to do together, I think, are important. They're fun, you know. And so I just encourage all of our listeners to find your family traditions. Find your routine. And especially if your kids are young, being able to say, this is what we do every single year. It doesn't matter if you're a single dad, you're a single mom, you're a blended family, 
or your two-parent family that has been together from day one. Having that routine, having those traditions, having those uh, familiar things is so important for kids because it allows them, as you said, to look forward to and have more meaning about the true meaning of Christmas. And if you keep that balance between needs and wants and you keep your expectations reasonable, you won't be so frantic or stressed. You won't get into debt. And your kids are going to have time with you where they have your presence. It's not focused on presence. Yes. Ooh, that's good. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. We hope you find that this uh, Lost Art of Parenting podcast will help you navigate the holidays. So blessings on you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody.